Hello and welcome to the Brutal Iron Gym Podcast, where our goal is to cut through the BS and deliver the brutal truth about topics related to health and happiness. Today's podcast number 1951, the topic is training and the title is My Thoughts on the Training Style of Sam Solik. If you don't know who that is, uh, he is a rising YouTube star. He is a He trains for bodybuilding. I, honestly, I don't know if he's competed or not. He, he looks massive and he's jacked, but he's still young. I think he's in his early 20s. He looks great, so very happy for him. However, there is some controversy with his videos. One of my former clients, she's a mother, and she said that her son has been talking a lot about, and this is the way she said it, this Sam Sulik character. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. This Sam Sulik character. And she asked what my thoughts were because she, I guess, some other mothers that she had been talking to, they had heard kind of like mixed reviews and there was uh, some concern over his videos. So she asked what my thoughts were, given that I've trained her and I know her son. So some of the controversy is people think Sam's videos are promoting steroid use because he is in his early 20s. He's taking steroids. So therefore, teenagers and other people around that age are going to think, oh, you know, to be famous, to be massive like him, I need to take steroids. So, a couple thoughts. I've watched two of his training videos. Uh, now, that's, you know, not a, a, a full amount of knowledge to uh, really be able to dive too much into this. So, this is going to be what I've seen in two training videos. Now, his training videos are uh, like 20 to 40 minutes long. So, I've watched two of them. And I've also seen a couple videos, people talking about them and uh, some other people's opinions like in the industry is he's he's open and honest about the fact that he does take steroids he doesn't say what he takes and the thought behind that is if he were to say what he takes people wanting to take steroids would just think they have to take the exact same amount when steroids are very highly uh, individualistic there's a lot of genetic variance in the response to steroids and there's an enormous amount of types of steroids. Like steroids is a very umbrella term. There's a lot of things that would fall under that uh, kind of category. So he's honest about it. He does not promote that people take them. He says people should train, you know, to a full amount, full extent, get a really good training history, uh, really eat well, maximize what they can do before they would get on drugs. So I think his message is in line with anyone else in the fitness industry who does take steroids and drugs to compete. So the NPC and the IFBB are popular organizations for bodybuilding shows. Now they have other categories than just male bodybuilding. There's uh, bikini, wellness, uh, figure, physique. Then there's men's physique, men's classic physique, and then bodybuilding. So there's a lot of categories. But in the NPC shows and the IFBB shows, you can take drugs, and that's okay. Uh, it's just like kind of an open policy, and everyone is on an even playing field, given that everyone has the opportunity to take whatever they want to take. Now, I have helped clients get IFBB pro cards and compete in NPC shows. So I know kind of that realm. But then also there are drug tested federations, which unfortunately does not mean drug free. People still cheat. Uh, but drug tested organizations. And I've helped people get pro cards and compete in those organizations. And for them, it is the hope and the desire that if you're going to take drugs, just go to the NPC. 
if you're not going to take drugs, then keep it as a level playing field and, and you know participate in one of the drug tested ones. So anytime somebody kind of skirts that, that's kind of you know not not the greatest uh, character <laughs> uh, there. So he he does a good job as would anyone else in the NPC and IPB for saying, yes, I take steroids, but I would not recommend them until you've maximized every possible thing that you could do naturally and until you make the decision to, if you take them, try to do it with, you know, doctor's care, getting blood work done, make sure you have some educated people telling you on what to take, not the person selling it to you. Because they're just going to sell you whatever they can get you for. Um, so, and to recognize that there is a potential trade-off between the benefits that you would see from them with potential health risks. So, it's uh, kind of kind of a good universal message. And Sam is saying the same as anyone else who makes videos uh, in the NPC and IPBB uh, who. And those videos are available on YouTube. So I think he does fine. I think he's okay there. Um, then the, like, so what I told the parent was, is it would be a good idea to have an open conversation about steroids. If they don't know enough about them, uh, then have them encourage the kid. Uh, maybe you, like, both the adult and the child uh, can talk to an expert about drugs and kind of share that experience, educate them. Uh, it's as probably similar. I know, I know I don't have children, but I'm assuming it would be similar to like sex ed. Is it's an it's a weird topic, a little bit of a like kind of a taboo type topic culturally. But who do you want your kids to learn from? You know, do you want them to learn from their friends? Do you want them to learn from somebody on YouTube, or do you want them to learn from you? So I think it's good to share your opinion with your children. Because you want to make sure you at least have that voice in their head <laughs> uh, mixed with every other voice they're going to hear. Uh, if you don't feel educated enough on the topic of steroids, then reach out to an expert who is and join in that conversation. So that way you can learn about it, your child can learn about it, and you know it's a it's it's usually not a good idea to turn a blind eye to something that your child will not. <laughs> if your child is going to stare at it, learn at it and would have potential risk of being involved in it, it's probably a good idea to also be involved in that process with your child. Now, with all that said, I don't think Sam Sulik is a negative influence. The videos that I have seen from him is uh, good content. I mean, he's he seems to be a good person, <laughs> as much as you can tell from videos. And he does share a lot of himself, a lot of his thoughts, a lot of his... Uh, you're going to know more about Sam than you would about other people because he shares so much in his videos and his videos are so long. I think his uh, advice is great overall. He has really good kind of mindset messages in his videos. Uh, I've watched one video clip where he was saying, somebody asked them, asked him like, how can I look like you? And he broke down the fact that he this is what he does. You know, other than class being in class for school, he spends time eating, training, and learning about eating and training. So he was sending the message of, you know, if you do other things such as, you know, playing video games, imagine if you were to spend that amount of time on nutrition and training. So 
he wasn't necessarily saying, you can be me. He was saying you can be a better version of yourself physically, if that's what you want to be, if you were to focus more into it, such as people like himself and other people that you might like their physiques, you would want to focus as much as they would. Great message. Fantastic. <laughs> Very good message. Uh, he talks often about like discipline versus motivation, meaning you're not always going to feel motivated to do something, but you have to have the discipline to continue to do it. Really good messages. Uh, so um, I think overall he would be a good... Uh, a good influence in the world of what influence is available uh, to kids. If I had a child that was watching those videos, I would want to kind of watch a little bit with them, talk a little bit through the ideas, be super excited, you know, ask the kid, my kid questions about what he was learning that day from Sam. I would get invested into it, learn a little bit into it, and just kind of make sure I was there to give some counterpoints if something kind of struck me as, oof, you know, I don't know about that. You might want to also think of it this way. <laughs> So, um, but that would be some general advice. For training advice, I think Sam does training relatively well. One of the things I see that he does, um, that he's kind of noted for, is lengthened partial repetitions. So what that means is, typically when we're doing a rate, like an exercise, we will exhaust ourselves at the full range of motion, full contraction. And then as you become exhausted, you would only be able to contract part of the way, then even less part of the way, then even less part of the way. Let's think of like a lying leg curl. You would start the curl from the bottom all the way to the top. As you would fatigue, you can only get the pad maybe halfway. As you fatigue more, it's only a little bit, like a quarter of the way, and then all of a sudden you can't move it at all. Sam does lengthened partials on what looks like all of his working sets. Uh, he, I, I didn't see in the videos I watched him doing uh, like warm-up sets. I hope he does them. Uh, but he did lengthened partials in all working sets of every exercise. That's a little overkill. I, I, like Lengthened partials do run the risk of injury, especially at very heavy weight loads, which Sam is strong enough to move at very heavy weight loads. And then a person watching his training would want to also move at very heavy weight loads. So a couple of the exercises, Sam only did maybe five or six full rep, uh, full range of motion reps, but then he was able to squeeze out five or six or even seven or eight of like lengthened partial repetitions. That uh, is a little bit off from what I would recommend in regards to percentages. And I would really only recommend lengthened partials on maybe the last working set of an exercise, not on all of the working sets of an exercise, uh, just because it, it, it can run the risk of damaging muscle tissue at the in, like point of connection, uh, the connective tissue and muscle tissue crossover. You can get some partial muscle tears uh, in that lengthened position at full fatigue. And then also there's a big CNS hit, like a nervous system hit, from taking every single set to a grinding, miserable failure. Um, it's, it's unlikely that you're going to be able to outsleep, out-eat that without some type of drug support. So I would typically not recommend that many lengthened partials. He also does move at a pretty fast tempo. I am a kind of rhythm lifter. I move at a little bit of a faster pace than um, what would be common in bodybuilding. Like if you were to take the spectrum of how fast people move, I am towards the faster end of the spectrum. 
There are some people who move dirt slow. Good for them. Golly, can't do it. Don't have the patience for it. <laughs> and then there's people in the middle. So I'm a little bit of a faster person when I move, but I can feel my muscle the entire time. I'm in control the entire time. How I would define that is, is in the middle of a working set, if someone yelled, stop, I would be able to stop the weight with a very small delay. Very small delay. And that's what I would encourage anyone is that whatever pace you're moving at, if someone were to yell stop in the middle of your repetition, you would literally be able to stop right where you were. If momentum was getting in the way and you were just kind of like throwing things or pushing things, but you weren't in control and someone yelled stop and you would have to, you couldn't slow it down in the middle of the range of motion. Almost like you would have to wait for it to go all the way to the full extension before you could control it. You're, you're not in control. So you should be able to stop a repetition randomly anywhere in the middle of the range of motion and have the control to be able to do that. Whatever speed you can kind of move within that control is, is variable. But I do see him, um, he's a faster lifter, and people might assume then that they need to lift that fast, but they might not be able to have the uh, degree of muscular control that he can have at that fast of tempo. So I, st- I would recommend that people move with a mixture of tempos. So that way you go real slow sometimes when you're trying to warm up or feel a muscle at the end of a workout. Sometimes you can go a little quicker to try to maximize some weight load, but typically it's going to be a little bit of a mixture, but you always want to have that control to stop in the middle of any range of motion uh, if you were kind of commanded to do so totally randomly. But overall, his training is great. I think uh, some advice that I would give to anybody watching his training is number one, follow what he says, not what he does. <laughs> Sometimes he does he does go against what he says because um, he's kind of learning and experimenting. So sometimes he'll try something, and he would have told you not to do that, but he tried it anyhow. He's kind of experimenting. He's learning. He's figuring it out. Uh, you want to learn from what an expert has done right. You want to learn from what they've done wrong, but not by copying what they've done wrong. You copy what they do right, and you listen to them about what they've done wrong, right? So follow what he says, not always what he does. Second point is his his body is very blocky. He doesn't move through a full range of motion most of the time. He kind of stops about 10% short on each end of the range of motion. That's causing his larger, more dominant muscle fibers of every muscle group to grow very well. But the smaller, weaker fibers that would be maximally recruited in the far extension, the far ends of the range, they're, they're being under-recruited. So he's, he's getting a little bit of a blocky look and a little bit of a, an imbalanced type look. Uh, one example is his chest. His upper chest is very small, but his front shoulders are very thick, which means that he's overcompensating with the front shoulders where he should be using the upper chest. He's trying to uh, change that by doing inclined movements, but an inclined movement with a shortened range of motion is still a shoulder exercise. So, you know, incline barbell press, but you're only using the middle of the range of motion and you're still going to be front 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 shoulder dominant. So he's got to fix a couple things in exercise selection. But he has hinted at the awareness of that. One of the videos I was watching was a back training video, and he noticed that 
his lats are starting to get dominant compared to his upper back. So he was going to start making uh, upper back exercise selections more frequency, fr- frequently than lat exercise selections. Great. This is exactly what he needs to do is to analyze his physique as he's growing. Notice anything that's falling behind and try to isolate that. So I would recommend that you do the same. However, I would recommend that along with better exercise selection, you also work on the full range of motion, making sure that you can actually feel the tissue that you want to do the work actually working. So whereas Max, uh, Sam does every working set to a maximum with partial length, uh, lengthened partials, I would recommend people do not do that. Take, you know, the first two, one to two working sets, stay a little bit lighter, full range of motion, really get the muscle you really want, and then maybe add some length and partials at the very end. Uh, and only usually like one or two or three reps, not an entire set of them. <laughs> so that would be good. And then the final recommendation would be to follow the nutrition aspect as much as you do the training. It's one thing to think, okay, you know, Sam's massive because he trains heavy and he takes drugs. That's, that's literally part of the equation. You still have to have the nutritional support in order to turn that training into an outcome that you want. Training is just a stimulus for change. Drugs help the change happen faster, but nutrition is what the change is made from. If I want to build a brick house, I got to have some bricks and I got to have some workers, right? So the workouts are the workers. Maybe steroids, all of a sudden you get really educated very efficient workers. But you still gotta have some bricks. You still gotta buy the bricks. Like you still gotta still gotta have the material. So nutrition is the material that muscle is built from. So you can have the training, you can have the drugs, but if you don't have the food, you don't get the results. So I would really encourage people to follow the nutritional aspect. Maybe not so much, uh, Sam does talk a lot about nutrition in a good way, but in the one video I watched, he had six ice cream sandwiches as a pre-workout for, like, don't do that. (laughs) That's not, it's not optimal. Uh, So, he doesn't do that all the time, but that would be an example of where I wouldn't necessarily follow that example. Again, I would do what he says, not what he does. So, he talked about the need for um, available carbohydrates for workout energy and how you still want to have a balance of protein, but yet he ate ice cream sandwiches. So do what he said, not what he did. <laughs> uh, that'll help a lot. If you count calories, protein, keep your sugars under control, try to spread your calories and protein throughout the day, they're going to do very well and you're going to get the results from all the effort and training that you're putting in. So that would be my thoughts overall. I think uh, if a parent is worried about their child watching Sam Sulik, don't worry. I think he's you know a pretty good kid. I think he's presenting some good information. Uh, maybe it would be a good idea for you to watch a couple videos yourself. Maybe talk to your child and say like, oh, what'd you learn from Sam today? And see what they say. If they say, oh, he did this really cool exercise that I really want to learn, great. Or oh, he was talking about like dinner. He he wants to. He was eating beef for dinner. Can we have more beef for dinner? Great. You know, if your kid says, yeah, I don't know, he was talking about this, like, you know, he's taking these new drugs, or this new supplement, I'd be like, eh, <laughs> let's talk about that a little bit more. Let's let's go talk to an expert who knows that stuff. So I would just check in with my kid and see what they're learning from him and uh, then kind of go from there with the feel of it. I don't think Sam's presenting anything that's uh, of a different impact than anyone else in social media who also does NPC and IPB type uh, competitions. 
Okay. If anybody have any questions, if you ever need anything, always reach out. My email is brutalironjim at gmail.com. If you like the podcast, please share the podcast. If you like the podcast, please consider donating to support the podcast, which you can do on our website. Also, if you like the information we share in the podcast, you can find more from us on our social media channels. You can find us and follow us on Instagram and YouTube under the name of Brutal Iron Jim. As always, I hope this was helpful, and thank you for listening.